Today, as we get started, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 15. Uh, we're going to be looking at the present today. And something I've realized in living life is that at any given time, our present can actually be kind of a wilderness. I also realized that to preach on the exact present would be really hard to prepare for unless I could have in the past gone to the future so that I would know what I was going to say today in the present, and that was confusing. So I decided that I would share with you all today how after coming out of the bondage of slavery, the time that the Israelites spent in the wilderness was present for them or was their present, if you will. And I got to thinking, if I can do that with the Israelites, share their past as their present, then I can kind of do the same thing for Huntsville Christian Church today. And so I need to tell you, as we wrap this all into our brain, that today we're going to begin with the Israelites just after the Red Sea has collapsed in on Pharaoh and his army. And you need to understand this is kind of a big deal. Uh, The Bible says that they saw the power of the Lord as they crossed through the Red Sea and they believed. They even sang a song out to God about him delivering them out of slavery. Now, this isn't just any ordinary song. This is a song that takes up 21 verses of Exodus chapter 15. That's amazing. This is no row, row, row your boat, row your boat chorus sung in rounds. This is real wide open worship. The Bible said they had, they had tambourines. They had all kinds of things going and they were being led in this time of worship. And you have to know that to really appreciate what I'm about to tell you. Before we get there, will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that that we can worship. I pray that, that in our present, we will remember what you've done in the past. I pray that in our present, we will know that you have the future under control. And I pray that in our present, we will set aside anything that might be keeping us from fully hearing and understanding and focusing on your word today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 is where we're going to start. Uh, As I said, we've come through the Red Sea. They've seen uh, the amazingness of God. And verse 22 says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made there he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them, he being God, not Moses. And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. That's Jehovah Rapha, by the way. Verse 27, Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. Now, God, our Jehovah Jireh, that means the Lord will provide. He acts and he sustains us and he provides for us in the present, just like he did for the Israelites. So we also need to remember that the present is temporary. The future is eternal for God. So, so when you get three days without water, Israel, 
Don't start grumbling against the God who just provided for you your freedom. The God who just brought you through the Red Sea. Don't start complaining and grumbling. Remember that Jehovah Jireh had 12 springs and 70 date palms waiting for his people just around the corner. But three days into a journey, they started grumbling. But he already had provision for them and they didn't even know it. Don't allow the wilderness of your present, wherever you think you are, good, bad, or indifferent, right here, right now, do not allow the wilderness of your present to distract you from the amazingness of God's future. Now, if this only happened once to the Israelites, and that was it, this one little story, I may not be so preachy about it, okay? But when we look at this, starting at the the end of verse 1, chapter 16, we see that it's kind of cyclical. It keeps happening, Somebody said, well, why, did, why were they 40 years in the wilderness? Well, because they wouldn't stop grumbling. That's my opinion, but God had a different plan. Chapter 16, verse 1. On the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt? When we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. If you've ever been on a youth trip, you know how Moses feels right about now. Okay, it's only been 20 minutes in the car. Relax. We'll stop and eat in a minute. The Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. Moses said, verse 8, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumbling, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation, verse 10, and the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. Verse 19, Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. There's a surprise. (laughs) And some left part of it until morning. It means they were trying to store it. They were trying to keep it, which means they weren't really trusting God to provide for them daily. And in doing so... It bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. Oh, Israel, how is it that we are so quick to forget our God who delivers and provides? In in chapter 17, they do it again. They start grumbling because of water, allowing their present physical need to distract them from a future spiritual blessing. God is taking them to a promised land, a land flowing of milk and honey. Is this you? Is this how your relationship with God looks? You know he's trying to bring you somewhere, but you get caught up in that daily present grind of of distraction. This type of thing happens. It happens to Christians. It happens to churches. It happened to Huntsville Christian Church. 
I believe God allowed us to go through a wilderness period because we lost sight of what is important. Like Israel, we got to a place where we were allowing our present personal preferences and and our personal issues to distract us from future spiritual blessings. Like, Like the Israelites, we became murmurers. So some even became gossips and some became slanderers and, and dissension was being stirred up. I'll tell you this, if you ever wonder if God is paying attention, start messing with his church. You start messing with his bride and you will see where he is. Hey, you may just find in yourself that you're in the desert, Israel. Sometimes, though, when we go into the desert, God uses that time in our life to prepare us for the future. He uses that desert time to get our undivided attention to prepare us for something better, for the promised land. Remember what God said to the Israelites just after the first water grumbling incident? Exodus 15, 26, he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, that means if you will listen to the voice of the Lord, if you will do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, And keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. You know, that goes for us too. Right here, right now, in our present. If you give earnest heed to the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. If you give ear to his commands and keep his statutes, he will provide. He will heal. He will show you the way through your present wilderness, whatever it may be. And coincidentally, you may be stuck there because you're not doing those things. If you're like me, you've probably asked God at times like Gideon for a sign. I often joke around that, you know, God, just write me a message in the stars or shoot me a text. Let me know. Today is... We just caught a glimpse of how God sustained his people. And it wasn't just a few people. It wasn't just a hundred people. It was a whole nation of Israel. He sustained them in the wilderness. He led them by a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He protected. He sustained his people. He provided them manna in their present wilderness. He provided them quail. And he provided them water. As you think about Yahweh providing in the present. I'm actually reminded of a quote about the past. They say hindsight is 2020. So while Mitzi and I have only been here for a short five years, we've seen God provide for this congregation. As I think about the last five years, I'm going to talk about those last five years kind of in the context of present and, and know that this is the way I saw some of the events that took place in what I like to call our time of wilderness, if you will. But through all this, I want you to also know God has held this congregation in his hands. And as he has provided in the past, he continues to to provide in our present. And he will continue to provide for Huntsville Christian Church in the future. As we heed his instruction, if we follow where he's leading, if we honor his commands. I think about the last five years, I can't help but think of the characters that I talked about last month, David and Moses and Gideon and Esther. At just the right time, God raised up these leaders to lead their people through times of uncertainty. Our wilderness time of uncertainty here came about two years into my ministry here as a youth minister. No, we didn't have Moses. We didn't have a pillar of cloud or fire to lead us. But 
we had each other. I remember after a particular service that summer, uh, Mitzi and I were talking, and, and like any good wife, she said to me, something has to be done. <laughs> Things were just a little bit off. She had wisdom. Something's got to be done. And we really began praying about what that something was because we really weren't sure. We'd never experienced something like this. And a side note, just be careful. You need to know this. You need to be careful when you say something needs to be done because God just might choose you to do that something. Okay? Our hearts were broken. Uh, Our emotions were raw. Uh, The uncertainty was deafening. We'd never been in this situation before. Watching people we cared about hurt not understanding everything that was going on. I remember thinking, in a time where there is no vision, the people perish. And during that time, Mitzi and I would confront the past. We tried to make sense of the present. We cried together. We hurt together. We loved together. But that's, I'm glad to say, in the end of the story. Because we also prayed together. And the main thing that we prayed as a couple was, Lord, what would you have us do? And by the end of that summer, a plan had begun, began to form and pieces would begin to fit back together. I think some of you may have been praying similar prayers because of you, those pieces began to fit back together. People like Dave stepped up and began to lead our youth team through that time of wilderness. Lorna stepped up and began to lead our praise team through that time of wilderness. Many of you stepped up behind the scenes and began leading through that time of wilderness. And slowly we began working our way out of that present wilderness and and we began to rebuild together. And you know what? While you all were praying for God's will and for God's leading, we had some men step up and they joined up with a team of elders who at the time were bruised and spiritually exhausted from this wilderness. And these men came alongside their brothers and like 12 fresh springs and 70 date palms of provision, they were refreshing and encouraging and they were there to start getting that work done that needed to be done. Some people during that time of wilderness chose to walk away and they said, you know what, they're not going to survive without my tithes. They're not going to survive without my talent. And as I said before, if you want to know where God is, start trash talking his bride. Our God said, no way. Because he, through his people, which is you, sustained his church once again. And he will do it more. He provided what was needed. I I say all that to say that in, in what was maybe some of our darkest hours, our deepest hurts, God may not have led us with a pillar of fire, but there's no doubt in my mind that our God led us through that present wilderness. And we went back to the basics of what God would have his church do of what God revealed to us in his word about what a church should be. And like Ezekiel, accepting the call from God to be on the watchtower, we had men and women stand up and say, I'm going to be on the lookout. Be looking out for what's coming. We're going to prepare the people to speak. We had people stand up and speak when no one else would. You folks stepped up in our wilderness and some of you stepped up into things that you had never done before. And you had no idea really why you were stepping up into it. You just knew that God was calling you to do that. And you stepped up in that wilderness and you said, we aren't done yet. Not on my watch, Satan. You won't take God's church without a fight. 
I'll step up. I'll do what I'm called to do, not what I'm comfortable doing. Brothers and sisters, this church is the bride of Christ. I will fight for her. I will love her and I will do my part to help get her ready for the wedding day. Because of that. Because you people said that we're different today than we were five years ago. And we haven't reached the promised land yet. But we love deeper. We hold each other accountable better. We are beginning to purposefully reach into our community with the love of Christ and the transforming power of the gospel. There are a lot of things I know. We aren't perfect. We aren't done yet either. We still have a long way to go, but make no mistake, the God that led the Israelites out of slavery through the wandering had a promised land in store for them, and he has a greater place prepared for us. The question is, how do you respond to that? In thinking about all this, I'm reminded of the movie The Blues Brothers. In case you're not familiar with The Blues Brothers. There's a couple of ex-convict wannabe musicians, and they were trying to raise money for an orphanage. It was the orphanage they grew up in. And any time they were asked about what they were trying to do, they were trying to put the band back together, they had a standard response. They would simply look people in the eye and say, we're on a mission from God. And they said it as if they believed it. The very idea that two inept, unworthy human beings could be on a mission from God was, of course, the central joke of the whole story. But here's the story of your life. Christian, this is the story of your past, your present, and your future. You are on a mission from God. God is calling you. And you need to understand something. God's calls are not exclusive to pastors and missionaries and other holy people like us. (laughs) Thought you'd appreciate that. (laughs) He calls plumbers. He calls managers. Just so we're clear, he calls some to be electricians, some to be doctors, lawyers, teachers, chemists, salespersons, housewives. He calls some to serve their country. He calls some to secular jobs and others to sacred vocations. A calling is not something reserved for those going into full-time Christian service. Make no mistake. We don't hear much about calling anymore because our society is educated to think in terms of career. A calling is something God chooses for me. A career is something I choose for myself. A career promises status, money, power, retirement. A calling generally promises difficulty and even some suffering. But it's a mission. It's an opportunity to be used by God in your present. A career is about upward mobility, and the reality is that a calling generally leads to downward mobility. A career ends with retirement and lots of toys if you do it well. A calling isn't over until the day you die. Although the rewards of a career may be quite visible in your future, they're very temporary. The results of a calling may never be seen on this side of eternity. Oftentimes we think that that ministry requires a calling and that marketplace is choosing a career, but that's not really true. It's, It's quite possible to turn a ministry into a career. A career that focuses on advancement and achievement. That's not what I want to do. But on the other hand, it's, it's very possible as well to make a business a calling. 
make your business something that you do every day in your present to truly serve God and others, whatever your business may be. In the 11th century, King Henry III of Bavaria grew tired of court life, the pressures of being a monarch. He made application to Prior Richard at a local monastery, asking to be accepted as a contemplative and spend the rest of his life in the monastery. Your Majesty said, Prior Richard, do you understand that the pledge here is one of obedience? That will be hard because you've been a king. I understand, said Henry, and the rest of my life I will be obedient to you as Christ leads me. Then I will tell you what to do, said Prior Richard. Go back to your throne and serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. When King Henry died, a statement was written, The king learned to rule by being obedient. Ezekiel was obedient to the call of God upon his life. David, Esther, Gideon, Moses were all obedient to the call of God on their life. Are you? In the present, right now, whether it's here or you're going through some present wilderness, are you being obedient to the call of God in your life? God can turn your career into a calling. Sometimes the end of a career is like the beginning of a calling. At other times, God chooses to take you out of the security of your professional life and call you into a Christian ministry that you may not have thought about. Since everyone has one, a mission from God, that is, what's yours? Is God trying to break through to you? Is he waking you up to a specific calling? Do you need to humble yourself today in the present before our God? It's time to get in a posture to really hear from God. Maybe you have heard from him and you know the call that God has put on your life, but you've failed to put it into action. What he has in store for you in the, in the future isn't going to happen if you don't take what he's giving you in the present and put it into action. You know the, God, the call that God has put on your life. It's time we got serious about God's wake-up call for ourselves. See, that's what looking at the present is all about. Each day, setting yourself before God and asking Him, what would you have me do? Are you ready? Are you willing to serve faithfully in a place where God has put you? Because I have something to tell you. God has put you here at Huntsville Christian Church, even if it's just for today to hear these words. Maybe you're going somewhere else and you're going back home to Texas or wherever you happen to be traveling through from, I don't know. But even if you're here just for today to hear these words, you have been put here and it's time for you to leave and serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. And if you're staying here, if you're going to be here, if you're a member here already, God has put you here, and it's time to serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. That means we will work through things in the future, no matter what our present day brings. It means we will forgive. It means we will get past murmuring and complaining like the Israelites. We will continue to move away from gossip and dissension. We will serve faithfully in the place where God has put us. It means maybe for you that that's time for, for baptism. 
in order to serve faithfully where God has put you. Maybe it's time for forgiveness. Asking forgiveness or offering it. Maybe it's time to set up accountability. Our elders are here. We've, we've got a place where we can, you can go and pray with them and, and be given some thought. Maybe for you it's time to just partner up and, and join up with Huntsville Christian Church and actively serve in this community where God has put you. But whatever your response, don't leave here and not make it because you're going to miss your future if you don't respond to him in the present. Will you stand and sing with us?